What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another episode of the Smartout Moments Mac Talk Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango. Joining me, as always, are Robert E. Felice. I'm not happy. And Callum Wiggins. <laughs> I still don't care. I still don't care. <laughs> Yeah, this is uh, this is not the type of attitude you would think WWE would want us to have. Where last night the twenty twenty one WWE draft supposedly concluded. Eh, I don't know. They get kind of confusing about that. Um, we should be like, oh my god, guys, everything's changing and it's so cool and it's so much better and everything's gonna be great for the next year. And there's a kind of general feeling of like, all right. Let's look at the spreadsheet. <laughs> Kinda, not the best. Uh, there's some good stuff, some bad stuff. We're going to be breaking down here. That's our goal is to talk about the draft, how this all went down, the future of the rosters, what we're excited about, what we can't imagine that they didn't see being an issue already, you know, those kind of deals. So in usual fashion, drop your comments below. Tell us your thoughts on what you think about all these different draft moves and the way that the rosters are shaping up. Tell us your thoughts on what we're talking about as well. Just keep the chatter going while you're over there on YouTube. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't done that already. And double check that you are subscribed if you think that you are. Because WWE, uh, well, it's probably WWE too. But YouTube in particular, every once in a while, they just unsubscribe people. And sometimes they don't really even know it. But, you know, if you uh, double check about that. Also, click off the email notifications. Make sure that you have that set up. So that way, if we go live or when we post things or when the videos that we've been doing in advance, uh, that the premieres go up as scheduled, that you get those email alerts, you know that they're actually posted. If you want to help us out on the monetary side of things to make us grow even more, kind of like uh, the way that Rita used to throw down that staff, you want us to, you know, just get like super, super big out there in the uh, pro wrestling world, then make sure that you donate to the Patreon. There's the Pick Poison tier, there's the Dark Cast tier, just even a buck goes a long way in helping us out. And, you know, morality more than anything else. Some of the WWE could use a little bit more of a boost for. There's also the join button on YouTube. There is the thanks button. There are the Tee Public and Redbubble shops. If you want to pick up merchandise, you know, there's options for you to do stuff like that on the monetary stuff and just, you know, passing this around and uh, spreading the word. That helps out quite a bit too. And it's totally free. So we are looking at this, uh, these spreadsheets and these roster things. If you go to smartcatmoment.com, you can always see an up-to-date roster list because I do that because I put in the effort like everybody should with uh, these kind of things. It's not passive-aggressive towards anybody in particular other than WWE. But uh, yeah, the roster is updated. Everything is kind of laid out the way that it is. I, of course, make it to where... If anybody's in italics, you know that they're brand new for this year. If anybody is in like the gold with the asterisk, it means that they've been called up to the main roster for the first time. So like Austin Theory, for instance, not in the gold because he had been a part of the main roster for a couple months beforehand. So on and so forth like that. Finn Balor, of course, when he moved back up, that wasn't like, ah, he's finally been called up (laughs) because that's ridiculous. But some of this stuff might not really stick. And that's important to know because WWE does that. We've had instances in the past where people have moved rosters right before the draft. Like I think Dana Brooke last year, she had moved to like two weeks before the draft. And then they ended up like kind of, you know, moving a couple other people around with trades. And they do that 
brand to brand invitational, which the rules change constantly about it and whatever. So we might get some alterations to this. It's not like this is 100% set in stone up until October of next year. Maybe they just decide to do another superstar shakeup. Maybe they just realize that there's some flaws because there are some flaws for this one. And uh, I guess we're just going to start breaking things down. So generally speaking, I know that like uh, the feeling isn't super excitement or whatever, but are you feeling like this is uh, this is overall going to be a good draft in the long run? Or do you think that this is just sort of they shook things up and it's all placing in the same fashion again? Uh, very much the latter. I believe that a lot of the feuds that were already going on are carrying over to the next show. I think they shook up a few key players. And for the head of creative and the top people that have to make those decisions, those are the key factors that they care about. And there's a lot of same, same going on yeah i think it's a case of they stack decks on both sides with a couple of big name players early on and then as the whole draft just continued you just you just get a a sense of i I guess just apathy towards how how just undeep this roster is in terms of people that you feel could be elevated to the next level as a result of this draft. Because that's kind of the thing you want. You want to see new feuds. You want to see people positioned in new spots. You want to see something fresh and something different. Whereas I just look at these and think, well, no, there's no one on the SmackDown brand who's going to take the title off of either Roman Reigns or Charlotte Flair. Mm-hmm. If they're not built up for like six months straight of actual like consistently consistent programming and so and it's kind of feels the same way on the raw side i mean there's there's slightly more i guess there's more scope on the raw side to say okay becky could probably lose the belts to certain people and biggie can definitely lose the belt to certain other people because he's not established as a strong champion yet but yeah i kind of just walk away looking at that one and feel that wwe has a decent top end of people but it then starts to, the well starts to run dry pretty quickly. And I think because of the amount of releases and the scope of some of the releases, you know, this draft was really missing a Bray Wyatt. They did not draft a Brock Lesnar, you know, even Braun Strowman is out of the mix. It's, it's just a different vibe from drafts in years past. And then I think they had some moments where they just literally said, we feel obligated to make moves, so you're going over there because we have to make moves. Like, And I don't know where you guys want to begin, but this one sticks out like a sore thumb to me. There's no reason you should have split the New Day again. Zero reason. And I think that they just moved those puzzle pieces because they felt obligated to do so. There are definitely some moves here that I feel like there's no reason that they did it other than literally, oh shit, we didn't move anybody. And some of them, I think, and this is something we've talked about a million times, so we don't need to go down this rabbit hole. 
But uh, I keep saying they got to plan things out more. They have to take five, 10 minutes to do this. And sometimes it is literally five minutes to do it. And it can save you months worth of headaches. Sometimes it's a little bit more complicated than that. Now, like I know from just me writing up articles, me alone, I was running into about maybe 45 minutes worth of time that I had put into my fantasy draft that I had done of like who should move where where I was saying things like, all right, well, I think that uh, obviously Scarlet should go to Raw because of this and like, you know, whatever, like the ones that we were talking about eventually when we started doing our uh, our predictions on our fantasy draft and everything, like I had done a separate thing of that. I took about like 45 minutes and I really kind of worked out as many kinks as I could. Maybe WWE doesn't even think that 45 minutes worth of effort is worth it. I think that you should definitely do that maybe they did put that effort into it and if they did it's very confusing to see that because there were some roster shakeup moves that felt like it wasn't so much of a balancing act but more of okay well now that we've realized how many people are staying where they are let's kind of rush and just swap a couple names and maybe in their mind and this is a horrible way to think but people are so expendable and it's that you know nobody's bigger than wwe it's the entity that's the big draw not the individual stars kind of mentality but when you see certain people move and you can kind of see that it's like well we can move them over there and then we can move this one over there and who fucking cares kind of makes you go crap that's really high up on the draft for you to move some of those names those should have been like only the supplemental ones at most, you should only have a couple people that you're like, well, I don't really care where they go. And it seemed like that hit in like the, I don't know, the halfway point kind of. Well, well that's where the apathy kicks in, because I know people will get on people's cases and talk about the fact that you shouldn't take things so seriously. And, oh, it's it's all fake. So what does it matter? But like you just go through the list of picks, the order in which they're picked and everything. And this is partly due to the fact they didn't reveal to us what the draft pools were like at the start. So we had no idea who could be drafted on what night regardless. But beyond that, it's just a case of why would you pick these people ahead of other people on the list? Like who, who in their right mind picks happy Corbin and Madcap Moss before you pick Jeff Hardy or the Mysterios or Keith Lee who picks um, who picks Gable Stevenson before Sami Zayn who picks uh, Zaya Lee before Finn Balor just it makes zero sense the order in which they picked it so it just shows that, oh, that some, some of the ones are interesting I'm not saying that even the people that I mentioned are necessarily bad picks it's just you've got to think about the order of it like what would you actually do if, the, if this was quote-unquote real. Yeah, and to carry on to that, we're not talking about, okay, these people aren't in the draft pool for Friday, so it makes sense that all these people went before Becky Lynch. We're talking about, like, no, same-day draft pools, there's no reason Finn Balor shouldn't have been one of the first moves. He just headlined against Roman Reigns at the pay-per-view. You know, there's no reason... Like, why, why is Brock Lesnar a free agent? He said thanks to Paul Heyman, but, like... But, like, what the what hell does if, that mean? 
what is the reason? Why didn't Fox or USA go, I want Brock? You know, because if Brock is there, I want Brock. Now, I mean, they, even like, fa- they, well, they even failed to make like actual storylines within the draft itself because one of the most compelling things they tried to build up was the idea that, <laughs> oh, are the yeah. Usos going to get uh-huh. drafted to uh, SmackDown? And they said, yeah, they get drafted second, and Heyman's just going right to stand away. there and say, like, yeah, just right away. Just like yeah. maybe that was the idea of, okay, the Usos go second because they wouldn't necessarily have gone second because, you know, they are tag team champions. They're still obviously big deals, but like, you would in any sort of draft scenario you wouldn't pick them right at the, the top but it does it does feel like they could have actually built that up as a bit of like tenor hooks and like Heyman sweating to like get this guy these right. guys over the line or there was people banding around the idea that they could do the storyline where they get drafted to raw and then they do Heyman just desperately works out a swap deal that takes them to smackdown and the new day back to raw so but, with yeah. the New Day thing, I think quite literally the way that this – because a lot of things like you, you move certain puzzle pieces around, you're going to have to move some other ones. And sometimes that's going to lead to some problems. Sometimes it's going to lead to some better things. But we know, for instance, that like WWE thankfully tries to keep couples together. And we had talked about this ahead of time, but it was like, all right, if you move Bianca to Raw, you're moving the Street Profits. Or at least you're moving Montez forward. But if you don't want to break up the street profits, you're moving Angelo Dawkins too. And then when you move them over, then probably WWE goes, well, then we can't have the New Day because they're a little bit too similar of characters. And if we have two of those top tag teams on the same brand, then what are we going to do with them? And that little bit of foresight is what we need more of. Because realistically speaking, if you would have had the street profits and the New Day on Raw... Or on SmackDown, doesn't matter. If you have them on the same brand, you're going to end up having two of the same types of acts, and then on the other one, who becomes the top babyface tag team. And then they switch them over, and then they go, oh, Big E's on there, though, so we kind of have to split them up, and they're kind of stuck in that position. It's not the best way to do it, but that's kind of how some of those things work out. I think that, in the long run, what would have been a better idea would have been keep Bianca on SmackDown then and keep the Street Profits on SmackDown and keep the New Day on Raw. And then that way you can do Bel Air versus Flair. But we'll talk specifics with the women's division down the line. But when you do things like that and you know that like things are going to fall in a certain way, then something like the Usos, you know that they're going to, stay on SmackDown. You know you're going to want to keep that. Milk it. Have fun with it. I have no idea why they didn't do something like what you guys were suggesting about the idea of like they get drafted to Raw, then they have to do some kind of a swap. Like maybe maybe it's not even a tag team. Maybe like Raw picks uh, Becky Lynch round one in night two. SmackDown picks Sasha Banks. They just bump her up one. Raw drafts Bobby Lashley. SmackDown picks King Nakamura. And then it's like round one's down and uh, Heyman is shown backstage and the Usos just kind of look at him like, dude, like two picks just went by. And then round two happens. Raw drafts. uh, Seth Rollins, SmackDown drafts. uh, Sheamus or whatever. And you start uh, Shayna Baszler maybe. And you do this kind of thing for like, you know, a round or two. Raw drafts, Damian Priest, etc. If you do that, 
at least with just the let's wait for the Usos type of thing, it's a story to follow. If you do the whole Raw drafts, whatever, and then SmackDown drafts, maybe SmackDown drafts Damian Priest. And then it's like, oh, crap, we don't have a United States champion over on here. All right, well, we'll trade you for the Usos. And then Heyman can be all like, you see, if I wouldn't have been there, you know, that wouldn't have happened. You would have lost the Usos. Uh, You need me, my tribal chief. Like, that is storytelling. And if the whole thing is supposed to be storytelling, tell some stories. Don't just go straight into... And one of the biggest things that we're looking out for is already over in the first SmackDown draft pick. That's an execution flaw that I don't like at all. Well, yeah, it again, it it speaks to the overall apathy surrounding this. It's not even just the the picks themselves that are a little bit underwhelming in certain areas. It's just the fact that the the actual brand, the draft format itself, is really stale and really boring. It's just Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville standing at a podium saying that Raw picks this person. SmackDown picks this person or this team or whatever, go back and forth, do four picks, and then we're on to whatever segment's next. It's so it's so bland. It's so boring. You can say whatever you want about, oh, well, the, the evil GM was played out. Okay, sure. But a competing GM, you know, like that, part of the whole thing about the draft and the brand split is there's supposed to be competition. In about three weeks, they're going to tell us Survivor Series matters so much. And it matters so much that Raw beats SmackDown and SmackDown beats Raw. And you get there by doing things like, just to use an example from my childhood, Bischoff's the Raw GM, Heyman's the SmackDown GM. They fucking hate each other. They really want to outdo the other show. It works better that way. Right now, it literally looks like WWE Red and WWE Blue, and we've flipped them up so everybody can get a piece of the pie, children, because that's that's just the way the world works now, and none of this matters. That that is the issue. That is the overall issue. Now, specifically with the Usos, I think it is stupid that they did not drag that out. Roman Reigns told these men to leave Paul Heyman for dead. You could have played that for three hours. They could have been the very last picks. And you had a great show. And you just go, and number one, SmackDown drafts the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Surprise. The Usos. By the way, you know what would help there? If you didn't draft Naomi on Friday, you know, the one that you can't get on TV? She <laughs> waited because as soon as she went over, it's like, oh, well, the fucking Usos are clearly going. Right, because of the way that, like, the whole couples thing. It's like, well, we know that Roman's on there. The Usos don't have to be on the same brand as Roman. It makes sense. But once Naomi goes over, you go, well, then Jimmy's going to go. And unless you're going to split up Jimmy and Jay as tag team champions, you're going to draft them anyway. So there's no fear in the whole thing. And you're supposed to shut your brain off. But my God. You can't keep using the excuse of give us the biggest rope to, you know, pull ourselves up from this kind of a mess, you know, suspend your disbelief on this, 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 that, this, that, you know, it can't be that the fans have to put that much work into it. Your job as an entertainer is to entertain so everybody can shut their brains off and just have fun. Not that they have to actively stop thinking of logic, you know? 
Like if I go to a movie and the movie should be like, you know, I'm going to pretend that Spider-Man is a thing when I go see the next Spider-Man movie. I know Tom Holland cannot shoot webs and fucking stick to walls and everything, but I'm going to pretend like it and I'm going to go on the ride. The difference shouldn't be, yeah, but then we decided to ignore the previous movies, but can you just ignore that? And can you just, like, you know, it shouldn't be excuses. The the issue is you can shut your brain off. They've made it to the point where you don't even need to remotely turn it on. Like, you're not thinking, you're not invested, you're just, okay, Naomi went, I guess that means Usos are going, I connected the one and two together, cool. Like, there's, it's not compelling in that way. And I feel like they believe that the brand split works better so that USA and Fox can advertise separate brands and separate, you won't see this on Mondays, but to the average consumer, it's all the same thing. I mean, and I, I don't want to go on this tangent, but the belts look the same. Everything's the same. It's literally just red, blue, to the point where last year, we literally saw people just go, oh, hey, can I have the blue one now? Can I win the blue show? Okay, thank you. We're probably going to do that this year, too. Except no, They're going to do it this year, except it'll be Charlotte and Becky. This is just the build-up for Survivor Series because they're feisty with each other, even though they have to swap belts because they're on the different shows now. <sighs> so let's start talking about specifics. Um, yeah, we had talked a little bit about some like first impressions of round one we got into some supplemental picks which i didn't like uh how they did the supplemental picks this year in some ways i did like how they did some of them but uh for the most part for anybody who didn't follow talking smack and um raw talk the way that they did it was pretty much and here's everybody else from smackdown and here's everybody else from raw it's a little bit easier. I would much rather prefer that than what they had done before, where it was like, and one pick is announced on Twitter at 12 o'clock on whatever day, and another pick is... I'd rather do that, but I'd rather them also just do the picks. Like, you know, Monday Night Raw is three hours long, and we went through like 45 minutes of the episode, and we had five, no, four picks. And I was just like, oh my God, do more. Just do more. Have, instead of six rounds, have eight, have 10, just ah. do it. You know, I hate this whole idea that like, you got to watch Raw talking, whatever. And I get that they split that up because they just want people to watch it. But like, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I ain't going to watch that. I'll find out about it later. And that's that apathy translates over and people don't care if it's those type of people. Cause nobody really honestly cared where Jackson Riker was going to go, you know? You did have me convinced that he might go to Fox, but that's just because I, <laughs> I put more thought into it than they probably did. That's probably why. But like, here's a good example of like uh, splitting up the draft when it comes to that. Uh, yeah, we're trying to figure out some ideas of some articles and stuff. And I had pitched to, uh, to Bleach Report. I was like, hey, depending on what happens with the Raw Talk picks, we're going to have some free agents left over. Do you want me to write up something about... Um, <clears throat> where these free agents should go. And the first question was, well, who are the names? And then it was like, here's the free agent list. And then it was like, mm, yeah, I don't know. Probably doesn't really matter. 
I eventually wrote something up anyway, but uh, you know, that kind of thing is like, okay, well then any casual fans not going to care anybody who is like in my space who like actually tracks this shit and makes up lists and whatever, we're going to care no matter what. Like I, you know, I put up when somebody is fake suspended up on the website, because that's the whole point is that you should care about those kind of things. But the video doesn't give you much of a reason. And when I look at a lot of these um, overall picks, I kind of feel like there's maybe like eight that they gave a shit about. So to that point, I want to get Carolyn's opinion on this just because he was probably watching more during this time. Do you think that a lottery format would lend itself better here just so that it is presented to you as a randomizer? That way it's like, well, why would the executives of Fox make these decisions in canon? The randomizer is more of a fun way of approaching it, but I I have no problem with like them actually selecting the picks, but they have to make it make sense. I think that's the better way of doing it just because it shows they have initiative to it. Because realistically, even though you're going to get the quote-unquote randomizer format, it's going to go pretty much the same pattern every way. Anyway, it's like, oh, well, who's thought that the first two picks of the randomizer would be Roman Reigns and Big E? It's like, <laughs> because I at least in that one, you can kind of, okay, it's just being, it's random air bubbles, but it's still kind of, in the sense kayfabe and you could throw a few like, odd picks in early on to uh to mix it up and just think that the um the way that they just the, the way it was formatted is stale it's just like they could have made it a, a bit more of like a song and a dance about it made it a bit more entertaining rather than just like mm-hmm. instead of just like seeing their pictures pop up why can't we have like like moving images and holograms and stuff like that. Or they have like... they had that on social, and I I don't understand why they've been doing this thing where they keep the moving images for social when it's like people probably want to see this on the regular show because even that feels a little more alive. Oh, what Wait, were the moving we... images? I don't remember seeing them. Like just like you know how WWE used to have like the GIF images for the match graphics instead of just here's a still image of Roman Reigns versus Finn Balor. Oh yeah. Okay, you, so it was like yeah. when they were doing like the little pose or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But why can't you do something like? Why don't we have a situation where you have? Um, I mean, you, you should make it feel like they're making picks on the fly, pretty much. Like they're just like like we would do a draft. It's like rather than because um, it felt like okay, we've handed you our first four picks. It almost felt like the picks had been determined all night long at that point and just like okay we're just facing them out for the sake of facing them out it it should be a case that you should have matches that determine draft picks or drop determines draft order yeah. i would love to see a scenario where it's like um like for one thing <clears throat> i don't think that october right before the whole i know that the reason why they're doing this in october all these times is because it's the season premiere so to speak but I don't think that October is the right time to do this. I think that this should be a little bit after Mania, like the month after WrestleMania. So you get a little bit of time to like finish out the WrestleMania feuds if you need to do backlash. Don't call it WrestleMania backlash, but do backlash and then do the draft. And I think that a great way to do this would have been if you separate it from Survivor Series, 
then you not only get a chance to build up the reputation that they're representational of the roster, because I hate when this is like, all right, two weeks ago, this person was on the opposite brand, and now they're like, yeah, SmackDown, woo, I'm, I bleed blue, like that kind of thing. But also, if you move it up earlier in the year, then you can do things like brand versus brand matches. And you cannot have it be around Survivor Series. So let's just say, I'm going to pick two random people. Like, um, well, let's go with the champions. Big E and Roman Reigns. You don't want to do Big E versus Roman Reigns. But you want to do something that represents you are on Raw, you are on SmackDown, and you are representational of that brand. You are somebody that they are invested in. So Big E is going to face Jimmy Uso. And if Big E beats Jimmy Uso, hell, do Big E versus Jimmy Uso and Jey Uso in a handicap match. And if SmackDown wins, they get one extra draft pick. If Big E wins because he's facing two, he gets two for Raw. And it's like, yeah, he might not want that to be the case. Like the wrestlers don't have any individual stake and uh, stake and like, yeah, I want more people on my brand because why would they? But maybe you have some kind of guy who's like a you know this woman represents fox and this person represents you know whatever it might be kind of like how they had adam pierce and Sonya deville except for they're not brand specific and they're like hey uh you know bobby lashley you're the almighty you were dominating if you secure us an extra couple draft picks we're going to give you a bonus we're going to give you that title match that you want but, Some kind of incentive like that could be something they could be invested in, but that requires work and they're not going to do it. In order to do that, <laughs> you need to do something where it's like, OK, so it has to be either like a randomizer or one pick at a time or, you know, there has to be feuding factions on each side because it's just Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville get along. They're just... Yeah. Talking heads in suits. It's uh, Sonya has the same kind of cadence for every pick, and Adam Pierce for every pick looks at the thing and makes this oh official. face. <laughs> now it's official. Okay, got it. That's your thing. <laughs> so individual picks. Not you know we're not going to run down the whole thing. Go to smartcatmoment.com. You can see all the uh, the picks in order when they happen and everything, but. Um, let's go talk about divisions. Um, let's talk about the women's division because it's a smaller amount of people to go through. But currently, I think Raw has a better women's division than SmackDown. Reason why is SmackDown got Charlotte Flair. And of course, that is a huge get. It's arguably the biggest get that you can get because not only is she Charlotte Flair, of all people. She's the Raw Women's Champion. Oh my God, why is the Raw Women's Champion on SmackDown? But then that makes you go, okay, well, then Becky Lynch goes to Raw. Then that means that Seth Rollins goes to Raw. Then, you know, then you just kind of start, you know, all yeah, the other Rollins cards. Rollins and Edge are on Raw. What's that? Rollins and Edge are on Raw. Both Rollins and Edge, yeah. So SmackDown gets Charlotte, and eventually they get Shayna who is kind of on a roll, but she, you know, we all are in agreement. Shayna does not have the same ferocity as she did when she was in NXT. Everybody else leaves SmackDown. SmackDown ends up getting three more picks. Aaliyah, B-Fab, and Xia Li. 
So realistically speaking, and I'm not trying to be mean here, but SmackDown has, they got Flair and Baszler. They lost Becky, Bianca, Carmella, Liv Morgan, Mia Yim, Tamina, Tegan, and Zelina. So they lost eight people for Flair and Baszler. And they then, got Banks as well. Well, they had Banks. Oh, they have Banks. Banks is a, is a SmackDown. Yeah, they had Banks before, but no, I mean, like, oh, yeah, oh, oh, about new like one. Oh, in the picks, yeah. Okay. So they, right. yeah, that's they lose eight people. They get Flair and Baszler from Raw, and then the people that they get from SmackDown, realistically speaking, again, I'm not being mean here, Zia Lee, she's great, and she could be a big force, but she's untested right now on the main roster, and she just... She hasn't been like on her own much. They just dropped the Tian Sha thing, and she's the best suited for this spot. Aaliyah spent what seven years in NXT before they finally went. I guess we should just move her up. And B Fab has wrestled twice, and they were short matches that weren't all that bad. good. Yeah, they're bad matches. So all right, so let's let's try to I try to put a positive spin on this. B-Fab comes in the package of Hit Row. Mm-hmm. So that in and of itself is exciting. And she can present a character. And that is clearly, look, they have drawn the line in the sand. They want characters. They don't want to go full diva, but they're going very much in that direction. Aaliyah is got a great chance to become something because Carmella didn't do shit in NXT, neither did Bliss. And they did great things but on the main roster. They were so much more polished, talented. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I, no, I, again, well, I don't want to say that. They are more, they are they are far more talented, even at the stage where they join the roster than Aaliyah is. And I point. prefer the word talent to polish because how much more polished can you get than Aaliyah? <laughs> she's mm. been there. She's been in their polishing system forever. <laughs> I mean, so, maybe she maybe she proves everyone wrong, but like I hope so. Yeah, obviously that is the hope, but it's a case of I don't see it. There's there, there's been she's been with the company for like I'd say seven eight years now, and there's been zero signal that she can. Then at least with like Carmella and Bliss, there was even even though they weren't like pulling up uh, trees in NXT, it was a case of like oh, I could definitely see them doing something with these people going mm-hmm. forward. Yeah, like Bliss had shown herself to be a, a great, great heel as yeah. the mouthpiece for. Like Murphy and Carmella, it was just there because she was in a very charismatic package as it was. Yeah, and you know? you know, the longer you spend at NXT, the longer or the more that it seems like you're there for a reason. And sometimes it works out really well. Like look at Angelo Dawkins. Dawkins was in NXT right. forever. Eventually, he gets in the Street Profits and it ends up working, and he's doing great. But like, I don't have the most amount of faith in Aaliyah being. If you look at the roster, you know, you've got like Naomi and you've got Shotzi and Tony Storm, and those are your baby faces. Like, is Aaliyah going to be a baby face? Is she going to be a top baby face? Is she going to be the top? Aaliyah's not beating Charlotte Flair. That ain't happening. You don't, well, you, know, like, you, don't, you don't know that yet. I don't think she will, but you don't know that yet. But they don't know that yet. Realistically, it's like. The likelihood is extremely unlikely that that's going to happen. Whereas well, if they would have decided to bring a couple more names on there, think about how much of a difference it is if you just move even just one 
if you just move Dakota Kai to SmackDown, how much bigger that seems. How she didn't get moved, I don't know. Or like if Raquel had dropped the title and Raquel went to SmackDown, okay, big difference. Then you can see somebody that potentially beats Flair. She could feud with a bunch of people. If you moved Ember Moon back, it might be like, okay, now she's going to get the push that she didn't get before. If you move Io Shirai, if they would have dropped the championships, Io be instantly becomes, okay, we know that we got potentially Io against Charlotte at WrestleMania. We got something here. Like, And by the way, uh, Banks can beat Flair. You just don't want to see it. <laughs> Banks can beat Flair. I mean, and Naomi, if they want to keep pushing her, like Naomi is somebody who has been a two-time, two-time former champion. Um, yeah. She won the, the WrestleMania Women's uh, Battle Royal. Like, Naomi is a star, and it's like, you know, Shotzi can be something. Tony Storm, of course, can be. We can get Tony Storm versus Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania, and I'm totally down for it. But it's just right now, what's Tony Storm done on the roster? She's wrestled, I think, twice in matches that they don't really give a shit about, and she's kind of had the hots for Rick Boogs. You're not working with the best uh, lead-in for that, you know? Whereas Raw, it's like Raw just was like, yeah, give me Becky and Bianca and Carmella and Morgan and whatever. I'm like, man, we were talking ahead of time about the idea that maybe Liv Morgan finally starts getting a little bit of a push if she's on a roster where there's not as much going on. Now she's got to contend with Tegan and Mia Yim and Rhea and Nikki. And Raw's stacked on the women's division compared to SmackDown, I think. Which is what you want. And I think... That's good that, you know, Raw does have those options. And SmackDown, for whatever reason, they've clearly chosen SmackDown as the destination for the NXT folks, which is odd because the synergy is there with the USA Network. Yeah. But SmackDown gets Zia SmackDown gets BFAB, Hit Row, Aaliyah. You know, I think putting them up against the, you know, time-tested Charlotte Flair and the time-tested Sasha Banks, you ain't going to get much more seasoning than that. You know what I mean? So hopefully you get that going. You get Sonya Deville mandated to the SmackDown roster so she can feud with Naomi. Like, hopefully like those things start coming into place and it can be really good because you got Shayna and Shayna can run that shit because Charlotte can be a baby face tomorrow because she's Charlotte Flair and people will cheer her. No, they won't. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, I, that's, that, that's, that's like saying that's like saying, okay, that they'll quote unquote cheer Charlotte Flair. No one wants to see Charlotte Flair like be in a top position, just holding the title constantly. Like it's it's apathy more than it feels like saying, oh, people will cheer John Cena. He's baby faced. He's baby faced for, right, for thirteen let, years. No, he's not because well, he, everyone's booing him. We've seen them cheer Baszler as she's breaking people's arms. Yeah, yeah they if, would cheer her over. If 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 it was like a heel Shayna Baszler against the babyface Charlotte Flair, they would cheer Baszler. One hundred percent. So then you can turn Baszler and have Baszler go out to Charlotte. Like that. That's at least an option you have. There's still Asuka, who hasn't been drafted. Who I think. Well, yeah, the the free agents right now in the women's division, ignoring like NXT, NXT UK potential moves that they could always do because they could just add more people. Like you know, a couple months from now, we could just get like Ginny pops up on SmackDown for all we fucking know because Dewdrop did, you know. Ginny. But um, Oscar Bailey, Eva Marie, Lacey Evans, and Sonya Deville are the ones that are 
question marks. We know Lacey, of course, is on pregnancy leave. Bailey is injured. Asuka's injured. Sonya is an authority figure. And even Maria is quote unquote injured. Um, let's talk about those, though, for a second. Like, Sonya is on SmackDown, essentially. Like, they're doing this thing with uh, Naomi. And if they just decided, hey, you know what? She's going to start wrestling and she's on Raw, that would be like, my God, what the hell are you guys doing? So we can kind of assume that Sonya is is there for SmackDown. We'll see. Asuka and Bailey. we don't know when Asuka's going to be returning because we don't really know the extent of her injury, but I would assume probably sooner than Bailey. And I would assume that Asuka goes to SmackDown. Even then, though, I'm like, man, we already saw Asuka versus Charlotte. Like, just doing that again is just going to go, yeah, I don't fucking care if that's at the Royal Rumble. Because Charlotte will win, then whatever, and let's just move on. That kind of deal. Bailey, I wanted her to stay away from Sasha Banks, and now I kind of feel like maybe SmackDown sort of needs Bailey. Because if she comes in, she's going to be a babyface. People will cheer for her. Yeah, I th- I th- well, again, it's, it leads into the idea that regardless of who you split around and draws, eventually everyone wrestles each other anyway. So it's hard to really escape and create fresh feuds in general unless you actually want to start elevating people that have been stuck in the the mid card for ages and ages that's why like yeah we all know how we feel about Aaliyah, but you have to hope that she gets elevated because then that's another name in the mix because remember not to keep comparing her to bliss but for a while it was like okay you got the horsewoman on the main roster and then suddenly bliss came in and it was like all right you got bliss all right you got oscar Hopefully, some of these people can shine through. Yeah, I mean, like, the the hope is, of course, like, yeah, I'm a big fan of Xia I want her to be, like, a thing and not just another uh, who's, like, kind of uh, on the blah side. Like, uh, Dana Brooke. Like, like Dana Brooke, yeah, where it's like, look, Dana Brooke has made some big strides, and I am very proud of how Dana no Brooke has... Right, that was the thing I was going to mention, because, like, Dana Brooke, over the years, she's had a very, you know, mountains and valleys type of career, where she first came in, I'm like, oh, shit, Dana Brooke's going to be, like, a a future champion, because she's got a great look, she's athletic, she's whatever, she's doing the developmental thing, but she'll get there pretty quickly, and then she didn't, and then it got worse, and then it became where we've talked about it before, where, like, that one WrestleMania they waited until like the, I don't know, a couple hours beforehand to say Kathy Kelly was just sort of like, oh yeah, and Dana Brooks also in the match that includes every fucking woman on the roster, but we just forgot about her. And she's had, you know, like uh, some little pushes here and there. She's had uh, some tag teams and stuff, whatever. After all this time frame, what happens on Raw this week? Corey Graves is like, yeah, but she ain't worth shit, basically. And it was like, wow, that sucks for Dana. Like, I'm not expecting her to be the, you know, the one that takes down the man and, you know, dethrones Becky Lynch. But at the same time, way to just fully flat out admit, yeah, she is the jobber of this brand. And I kind of feel like somebody like an Aaliyah is sort of put in that position on SmackDown. And I don't want any of the women to be in that kind of, any of the men too to be in that position. I don't want, yeah, you're going to have jobbers. You're going to have enhancement talent. And some of them can be really fun. You know, Heath Slater was great at that. Santino Morello, fucking fun as all hell. But 
when you bring somebody up on the roster and you're immediately assuming that they are going to be capped out at loser, it doesn't give you a whole lot of faith that, like, all right, who do we do? Charlotte Flair versus who at Crown Jewel? They're pretty much ignoring that because they just don't seemingly have anybody. Okay, but you know, the roster comes into effect after that. All right, what's the pay-per-view that happens after that? Survivor Series. So let's just ignore Charlotte Flair because we're going to do the brand versus brand thing. Okay, now we're in December already. Two months more from now, we're going to get a pay-per-view, December like 12th or whatever. What's it going to be? Charlotte against uh, Natty? Who's going to really honestly think Natty's going to beat Charlotte? Probably nobody. Who's going to fight Charlotte at Mania? I don't know. Like... I don't have a whole lot of faith in the SmackDown roster and I don't have a whole lot of faith that like the quote unquote, we'll figure it out idea is going to work out. I think we're going to be looking very soon into, Oh, unless I really want to watch a 20 minute promo from Charlotte Flair at the beginning of SmackDown that eats up time. And then a match against uh, Naomi four times over SmackDown's women's division might be struggling. They do 20 minute promo of Roman Reigns every week, and everyone seems to go crazy for it. So, so. <sighs> I like the Roman Reigns I, promos I, I, better than the Charlotte Flair ones at the very least, too. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm fucking done with this Roman Reigns stuff. It's just like, he's just. He, he's, he's obviously like a great wrestler when he does actually do, gets to do stuff, and he's more um, cool and uh, has a bit more of like a personality than he's ever had before, but it's just. I'm I'm sick of like having to just if I if I do ever like tune in on SmackDown just be sitting there thirty minutes and that's like okay first thirty minutes have just been taken up with Roman Reigns walking to the ring. Yeah, true. So it's just like, can you actually get on with it? But uh, in terms of the women's side, yeah, it's just they they need to if they have any hopes for any of these women beyond the ones that have just been established for years and years and years, they have to start elevating people and giving them like a consistent victories, but. They have to then also establish like which ones are going to be the ones that are going to be giving them those victories. So there will be people that will end up in the quote unquote Dana Brooke position. Like you can't you can't push Zaylee unless you have her beat Aaliyah and B Fab and Natalia and people like that because they don't they don't bring jobbers in to do that stuff anymore. Funny enough. Yeah, it's, and like for me, I, I look at this roster and I just say. They took care of the people they wanted to take care of. They took care of Charlotte. Charlotte will be the anchor. And who's going to fight her at Mania? We'll figure it out. And that's that's all they care about. Well, we also need to talk about the most glaring thing about the women's division. Yes, sir. It's the fact that they only have one women's tag team now. Yes, sir. That is another element I wanted to bring up because, man, like we've talked about this before, but like, Tell me you don't care about something without telling me. The women's division for the tag teams has consistently been, from literally the very, very first instance of mentioning this, has been, who fucking cares is WWE's mentality. Vince, in the thing, was just sort of like, I don't know, you want some fucking tag team titles for the women? There you go. (laughs) Oh, man, he was Santa Claus. He He was dressed as Santa Claus. And to be fair... Like, I don't want to shit all over what they did at the start of this because they had an Elimination Chamber match because, guess what? They had at least six pairings. 
And they even had a Fatal 4-Way match at WrestleMania because they had at least four pairings. And they had good pairings for a while. And then they just said, nope, nope, nope. And they, they took away the rule that NXT could do it because they just wanted to separate the main roster from NXT. That move makes a lot more sense now because you could see where they were going. Where it was like, yeah, we're just going to separate NXT completely. Right, we're not going to act as NXT's the third brand. We're going to act like it is not on par, on par with it, so that way you can't compare it. You know, we're going right. to cut that from underneath you. But, it, but like, they, if you go on the Raw and SmackDown, and we've talked about before about like the brand split should end for these reasons, whatever. But like Raw SmackDown, if you combine the rosters, you've got more than enough to have a main women's championship, a mid card women's championship, and a solid tag team division. Because you can pair Sasha and Bailey, you can pair up. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, Shotzi and Knox. Shotzi and Knox, the fucking two people that got three different number one contenders matches that they never ended up having their title match for. Who were and then they get split together. And then, hey, look, I understand why they split them, right? Like we're not we're not saying oh. oh what happened there? No, I get it. You need more single stars, so you split them because mm-hmm. maybe Shotzi can be a more viable star on her own, and that's what we need right now. Right. Not arguing that. I'm not arguing that at all. I argued however, for splitting them. Remember? <laughs> however, you don't need these belts. Right. And I know that everybody wants to be like, yeah, well, why can't you just book a better women's tag team division? Okay. But again, we're not doing this video game universe mode mentality of, I know, just book it. No, you don't need <laughs> these belts. You don't need to do this. Uh, it was a great idea, but it, it lived its purpose for three years. Retire the belts. Bring them back in a couple of years if you ever feel like doing it. You don't need the fucking belts. That is my argument. As you sit here and you only have a one tag team, and they're the most thrown together tag team you could ever imagine. Super brutality. Who do you think is uh, taking the belts from them now? Uh, Bacon, probably. Uh, but, um, yeah, because... Did you say Bacon? Pro- bacon. He said Bacon. Oh. I was like, uh, Bacon? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, that went completely over my head. I'm like, there's got to be something uh, out of reference here that I mean, I'm not understanding. <laughs> realistically, they'll just form the team as Lena Vega and Carmella and have them probably take the titles off of them at some point. But um, certainly not going to be Eva Marie and Dewdrop anymore since Eva Marie is yeah. a free well, agent. It's it just looking over the past like um, two to three months and how many teams they've broken up in the women's division. Eva Marie and Dewdrop, uh, Shotzi and Knox now, Natalia and Tamina, Shayna and Nia Jax. So they've just been like, they've been deliberately cutting off every single um, women's tag team up until this point. And I think that it's it shouldn't be an excuse that like okay we can just let's just end the title and then it's all good. Actually, it's just it's even worse if they do that because it goes to show that. And again, I know people will get up here and say like, "Oh, you're being like too harsh about this," but it does just demonstrate they don't care about women's wrestling. Right. Oh, but okay, no, and I'm not saying that it doesn't. I'm saying at some point you gotta cut a loss somewhere well they've they've got to if they don't want the women's tag team championships they do have to just surrender them and they do have to say 
gear. And if they're if they're willing to take the blowback for that, then they should because realistically, with the women they have both on the main roster and throughout NXT and their developmental, there is absolutely zero reason they shouldn't have a women's tag team division. It should there be is... the Raw SmackDown NXT combined kind of thing, and then you've yeah. got more than enough of an excuse to bounce it around, like they originally I mean, did. Regardless of that, regardless, either way, like it should be, it should be either that or call up about five, six, ten women from NXT, and then you've got people that you can form tag teams with. Yeah, just either either way, it's just a case of there is zero excuse why they can't do a women's tag team division beyond the fact they just don't care about doing a women's tag team division. Well, let's be fair now. They barely care about doing a men's tag team division. Oh, yeah, I know. Nah. Look, <laughs> let's I, be fair. I, I they know. barely care about doing a division. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I, I made the case on Twitter of, well, what if you just split the Street Profits? And I'm saying Sean and Marty it, but, like, it's very clear to me that tag team wrestling is back in the Otunga McGillicuddy days. Just split them. Maybe they can do more because there is a very clear ceiling with the tag teams, and Montez and Angelo have broken it through and but, through. But my argument with that would also be there's a very clear ceiling in these main event scene as well, which is mm-hmm. Roman Reigns and Charlotte, Charlotte Flair. Flair. Yeah, and well, on the SmackDown side, and on the Raw side, it's a bit more open because. Biggie will lose that title eventually because he's not he's not a main event guy. He's uh, it's not something people want to hear. By their assertion, not my assertion. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. It's it's not something people want to hear, but he's not. And realistically then, speaking, like people just need to admit it. We're not saying that Biggie isn't great, but in WWE's eyes and the way that they present the characters, there is there should be. Big E versus Roman Reigns should be that they're on par with each other. And instead, there is a giant gap for second place. And then you've got Becky on the other side of it. You've got Becky and Belair, and they'll probably just, like, trade it constantly, being the um, the top woman on the brand. But So there's a bit more, I get to say, there's a bit more openness on the Raw side of things. But they, they all have ceilings. And realistically, and people might want to hear this as well, you split Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford... Dawkins is gone within a year. Or he's and, just hanging around as one of the jobbers. Yeah, exactly. Or he's, tra- yeah, he's tracing the 24-7 title. Yeah. So, um, like, you don't think and, that... And, and, and Ford would maybe get into a mid-card title thing, but then he'd probably end up back in the tag team with someone else. They'd like, probably uh, pair him up like with, Scott, you know... Scott or something. Right, yeah, they'd be like, okay, well, shit, what do we do with you? Well, you know what, we're going to make a, a tag team between you and um, T-Bar. And, <laughs> like, and, you know. and Rob, and, and Rob, to answer your question for you, no, I don't think they would do anything with anyone because they've proven they don't do anything with anyone who's not called Roman Reigns, Charlotte Flair, or Becky Becky Lynch, or people like that. They're, they have a very limited pool of people that they'll actually be willing to do something with. Otherwise, why wouldn't Keith Lee have been positioned in a main event position so far? Or why wouldn't, why does Finn Balor go in and out of these kind of environments? Ba- Balor is ridiculous. They, they've already slapped him right back to where he was. I don't want to go super deep into this, but since we don't know who is going to be competing for what, Balor is currently my prediction for King of the Ring. If it's, if, yeah, I mean, they probably will do that, but Prince, Demon King, just, you know, 
if they just don't give it to Xavier Woods, because at the end of the day, if it's just taking the mentality of like nothing matters, then why wouldn't you just give it to the only guy who really wants to be king of the ring? Right. He, I mean, he's shouting on Raw, crown me, crown me. And I'm like, I want desperately for them to give him that king of the ring thing because he he's such a fucking nice guy. He has to at least get to the finals, and then if you're going to fuck him out of it, then the heel that fucks him out of it can at least feud with him for a while. That's, yeah, I mean, that's that's one thing you absolutely need to do. If you're going to fuck him out of it, it needs to be a heel. It can't be like he fights somebody like Finn Balor, Finn Balor wins, and then he shakes hands with him after whatever. No, you give it to Xavier Woods, and if not, have a really, like, that heel is going to be a real son of a bitch type of thing. But that's another but like- thing we'll get into with, like, the hot tags and stuff. But it's um, like, I want, I want to talk about this, because you mentioned Big E being not a main event caliber guy. And I feel like I've been saying this ever since he won the belt, and then it's, oh, well, you don't want to see good things, and oh, well, you don't want to just, like, let things play out or just, like, be happy for someone. No, it's not that. I'm not saying I don't like Big E. I love Big E. I think Big E yeah. is awesome. It's just, I'm tired of this thing where... It's just going to create discourse. And I'm not talking about discourse like this because we're, we're friends. We do this because we like each other. I'm talking about like everybody gets on social media and goes, I'm going to be mad and make a difference. And it's like, no, because you know what? Because they left that draft going and hey, they might all be mad, but everybody's talking about us. So we're winning. This means it was a success because everybody's talking about us. I absolutely it's, hate that. As long as they're making noise, there's no such thing as bad press, kind of. You know. And it's so much fucking bullshit, too. Like that nobody says that. Nobody ever says, "Well, by God, you know, the the new generation era was the best because people hated it, but everybody couldn't stop talking about Mabel." It's like nobody says that. <laughs> Do like, you ever hear that in anything else? That's the thing. Do you ever hear like? I don't know, the NFL, where it's like, well, as long as they're talking about deflating footballs, as long as they're talking about the NFL, we're good. No, it's like, hey, uh, you know, fans are are upset about something. Let's apologize and let's make it better. Or let's, you know, whatever. It's always the case, you know. But WWE is like, shout at the top of your lungs, even if it's fuck you, and we're happy. Yeah, and that whole mindset annoys me like the thing with the heart business where everybody, oh, i'm so happy to okay yes i like the tag team too but motherfucker make it make sense like just please make it make sense and you know why they're not and, and callum touches on it all the time but it's because they don't care because the network is over because all they want to do is say hey remember a stone cold you can have that if you have our network oh we also have these guys they're, they're the Simpsons, as I said before we got on the air, where it's like, we're just going to keep pump, pushing out content and promoting this brand. But really, what we're saying is, watch when it was good on our streaming service, please, by Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Why Disney+. Plus? Well, that's that's what the Simpsons on here. Oh, you're talking about the uh, Simpsons one. I thought you were talking about uh, Peacock. I'm like, wait a minute, why are they promoting the opposite network? Yeah. In WWE, it's yeah, it's uh, here's we're we're so progressive now, guys. Did you know that we had two black women headline WrestleMania? (laughs) Oh, by the way, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's gonna talk to John Cena on Peacock. Stone Cold Steve Austin and John Cena on Peacock. It's like that's all that matters. Wait, where are you going? 
Are you going to go to Peacock? Well, I'm sorry, you can't load this program. You know you can't take that, screenshots now? They disabled screenshots. I didn't know that, because I was always taking screenshots. Yeah. I tried to take a screenshot when they were doing the raw talk thing to make sure that I would be able to know like who was on, you know, okay, well, Cedric is over here and whatever, that kind of thing. Nope. Black screen. So I'm like, all right, now you just made that even more annoying. I get why they do that is because they don't want people to share things and to be able to cast things or whatever. But it's like, God damn it. You're just, ah, you know, And for me, it's like, I was like, I said to you guys before we got on here, oh, I was more angry about the draft after Raw Talk. Because, like, why is Veer by himself on Raw? <laughs> like, I, I think that's legitimately the most bizarre trade, the most bizarre draft pick of the entire thing. So let's, right? let's talk about it, because this is one of those things that nobody's going to be talking about, I think. People are going to be talking about, you know, hey, the Charlotte thing switching over with the belts, or, you know, Edge is on Raw, whatever. Veer is on Raw. Jinder and Shanky got sent to SmackDown. So that means several things. One... More than likely, Gender and Shanky are going to be a tag team because they're just going to keep them together. Why would you move Shanky over? They, At the very least, you would have kept Veer right. and Shanky as a tag team and then Gender by himself or something, well, you know? No, no, no. It's that they had this weird, and it's across all three brands, they had this weird, like, Sean Diesel esque fetish right now where it's constantly, here's a guy, here's his heavy. It's the Indian replacement for the. Apollo. Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, yeah. They've got two tag teams right now. It's Sean and Diesel or it's Odd Couple. Yeah. Yeah. Because exactly the same thing of Nikki and Rhea is Randy and Riddle. It is literally the exact same thing, just not as good as RK Bro. Oh, yes. And Ali and Mansoor. Ali and Mansoor, yeah. It's... It's very weird that they're just going, here's, you know, Alfred Apollo Academy. Cruz and that's a good one too. Here's Apollo Cruz and Commander Aziz. Here's Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes. Here's Raquel and Dakota before they split them. It's literally the same act. They're just telling the same stories. Who the fuck is it? Like, who's on the screen as you at this point? Because they're just telling the same stories. Now, they do have, like, MSK doesn't fit the mold for anybody who's going to be like, yeah, but what about this? What about that? There and are they just have three real tag teams. Pretty MSK, much. Usos, Profits. Garza and Carrillo. And they just put them got, together now. Yeah, they you just got the did. You got the new day. Yeah. And um, I guess Hit Row, you can form a tag team out of one of those ones. Rude and Ziggler. Yeah, Mysterios, but they'll break up soon. Apparently, well, they need, they need to split Rude and Ziggler too. I can't. So, like, tag. Let's talk about tag teams because we mentioned about like uh, you know, she, uh, Shanky, Veer, and Gender are no longer a trio. I don't know if that means that Sarov is going to go to Raw and it's going to be Sarov and Veer, or they'll yeah. probably rename Sarov, and then they'll just do induce share, and they just don't want to make it a, a quartet. But if they don't do that, Raw is actually losing to SmackDown right now on the tag team side of things because they've got AJ and Omos. They're not going to last together forever. 
We just we know that AJ by himself is a bigger deal than AJ with Omos. I'm assuming probably after Crown Jewel they're gonna split. You got three prophets. You got Commander Aziz and Apollo Cruz, which they don't really wrestle as much as tag teams. It's more so a guy in his heavy. You got the Hurt Business back together. That's good. You got Alpha Academy. They're not making them big waves, but they're at least a tag team. The Dirty Dogs are a, a team. What were they calling them last night? It was a uh, Big Bob and. Uh, no one's ever called him Big Bob. <laughs> well, they did last night. <laughs> uh, the Mysterios are going to break up. Uh, and then you got RK Bro. And you got RK Bro, who are not going to be a tag team by WrestleMania. Let's just admit it. They're going to break up and they're going to have a match at WrestleMania, most likely. So yeah. you really have on Monday Night Raw the Street Profits, Her Business, Alpha Academy, and Dirty Dogs. So you literally took the SmackDown tag team division. Put them on Raw. And put them on Raw. That is the issue I have with all of this. Meanwhile, <laughs> on SmackDown, you've got Garza and Carrillo, who we've seen them before, but as a tag team, they're still pretty new, and I, they are so much better as a tag team. My God, Carrillo went from just release the guy and let him go somewhere else where he could be something to, so, wow, they're letting him be something. Look at him. They're, they're being something. They're doing something, yeah. You got them. You got Hit Row. You got Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin. You got the Viking Raiders. You got the Usos. You got Jinder and Shanky. You got Mansoor and Ali. You got Shinsuke and Boogs. You got the New Day. And you also have the potential that if you want to, you can reform the bar because Sheamus and Cesaro are on the same brand. Yep. And I bet you they beat that drum real soon. So it's like, Ignoring the idea that you could technically make another tag team with somebody like a a Drew Gulak and uh, I don't know Mace or something <laughs> I don't know that would be a weird tag team but you could I mean maybe yeah you know what they'll do that because uh, that's a big guy and a smaller guy there you go uh, SmackDown's got a much better tag team division going on right now so the point for SmackDown yeah I mean. Realistically, even Hit Row, you got Top Dollar and uh, Shanti. There's another big guy, guy, bigger guy, and the smaller guy. Because oh, that's, that's the money uh, right now. And then, and then you have whoever uh, Ridge Holland is going to be the heavy for. That's right, because Ridge Holland is on there, so he's going to be paired up with I someone. I imagine he's joining a uh, Corbin stable. No, I it's going to be gonna... it's going to be Happy Corbin, Mad Cat Moss, and Hairbrained Holland. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's not like like Radical Ridge or something. Yes, I I think that he's going to be paired with Sami Zayn. Okay, yeah, I mean, that's another small guy with a heavy, so I guess that would work. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how those guys would kind of get on, because Sami Zayn seems to be, his character has always been, hey, I brought this guy in, and this guy, oh, now I hate this guy as soon as I brought him in, and this guy hates me as well. It's like, but we'll, we'll see. I I, mean, I don't I don't even know what I don't know what uh, Vince is thinking when he calls out someone like Rich Holland. It's like oh big guy, and uh, he's a big one. That's what it yeah. is. <laughs> oh uh, the small guy that we just signed to a new deal. Yeah, keep the small guy down there. The, the actual big wrestler. Out there. To the commentary with Pat Matthews. Like who who in their right mind? Again, it's the logic type thing of like you can draft Rich Holland and Pete Dunne as an act. They are a tag team. Yeah. Why do you just keep the other guy at home? Why do you, why is it like? Yeah, you really don't want the one of you that can actually wrestle because you know you're under six foot probably. 
that's going to be an issue for us. Yeah, you know I mean, what? Good luck, Ricochet. <laughs> you know what would have happened? You know how this whole thing with like, we're going to bring Adam Cole up, but we want you to be a manager and we want you to not be Adam Cole and we want whatever because you're you're too tiny, quote unquote, and whatever. They would have brought Pete Dunn on and they would again. Yeah, see, you're a little small, so can you just be his manager? And we don't want people to confuse you with Kevin Dunn. <laughs> so can you know you- what it is? It's well, you could be his mouth. Actually, that accent. Uh, can you be Pete Bruiserweight? <laughs> we call you like- Peter Piper. <laughs> <laughs> And then somebody will be like, that's great. Let's put a kilt on him. And then it's like, he's not fucking Scottish. Scottish. And then they'll be like, yeah, well, you know, talk to Kofi. He's not Jamaican. You know, Moss isn't madcap either. Realistically, all, all we're doing here is just like, again, they just warm bodies. That's all, that's all it is. We need warm bodies to fill this television show. And we're we're just gonna keep spouting the idea of hey WrestleMania, isn't that your dream, guys? You want to be on WrestleMania? And it's like, you're like, yeah, but I wanted to be on WrestleMania when it was good. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, speaking of like warm bodies, let's speak about like an ice cold body that they actually signed up. Glaciers on like, the roster. <laughs> I wish, I wish at this point, <laughs> but um, no, just someone that's is coming in completely from out of nowhere. Gable Stevenson. So they make a big fuss over this, and I'll come back to this point, but very quickly, I'll just say this: uh, like SmackDown's got a better tag team division. Raw has overall bigger stars, and they've got yeah. a, a much more healthy variety of singles competitors and everything. But they make a big point of drafting Gable Stevenson, who may not even be popping up for a while. I think I read something before that it's like he's going to have a deal where he's also working in some other kind of thing or something. I don't know. He's doing, he's, he was doing NCAA stuff at the moment, yeah. Yeah, so they clearly, and it's I don't blame them for this, too. It sounds like this is going to be super, like, oh, you judgmental asshole. But, I mean, I am a judgmental asshole. But, you know, uh, they clearly really wanted to have that on the TV show so that people can talk about it and get media coverage. And I get this feeling that they are hinging so much on him to the point that it really speaks to that phrase. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. I think that they think he is not only going to give them the media coverage and the press stuff that they want, but that he is going to be Kurt Angle plus Brock Lesnar and he's going to be the savior to all of these problems where they could just have Gable is Raw champion. And oh my God, imagine in 2023, we can do Gable versus Roman and people will just start like splooging all over the place. Now, there is this slight issue of an apparent uh, sexual assault thing. The only reason I know about this is because. When he got drafted, that was all that was on my feed with how, like, oh, speaking out didn't mean anything because they signed this guy, which is weird because, like, I guess people knew about this beforehand. But what is this? I didn't hear anything about this. So he he got um, there was a loophole around it, but he had apparently sexually assaulted somebody prior to, like, the Olympics and all that stuff. 
Was it a legit or was it like the confirmed? It well, yeah, 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 that's found not guilty. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's an allegation, so we should we should point that out essentially not to to incriminate ourselves or anything like that. But there is stuff going out there about how he um um there's at least chatter behind it. Yeah, essentially um uh uh, they decided whoever was involved was like didn't file charges in a a sexual assault case, but he has he has been at least accused of in the past. Okay. Right. But that's something they would bring up. But then again, like there's loads of people in the roster. I mean, uh, not loads of people in the roster and stuff like that. But like there've been people in the past that have gone through similar things. And you, unless they're actually like proven to have done those things, I don't think we should hold that against them entirely at this point. Well, the reason it's- the reason I bring that up is because I do want to when I at least make note as Tony is saying, you know. Well, they're they're hinging everything on this guy. That was a lot of the immediate chatter I saw. Now, granted, of course, you get in certain bubbles, and that happens. I don't actually fault them for hinging for hitching their wagon to the guy who just won a gold medal in the Olympics because it's different. And yes, not. go ahead. I'll say I'm obviously those things notwithstanding. I would say that this is totally a right move for them to do putting him immediately onto people raw smackdown because yeah. what is the point of putting him in nxt changing his name and letting the olympic thing cool off for three or four years before you actually bring him up to the main roster yeah you want to strike while the iron is hot and he'll have to learn on the job and he'll have to learn in a very high pressure environment much like dominic mysterio has had to but it's a case of it's i'd, I'd with people in the that. past yeah, I'd rather they would just like take a guy who does have buzz around him and immediately put him onto the main roster and just see what happens, rather than just like let him just go, just just be become a guy on NXT and then eventually call him up and then hope that he's going to be something else. But this is definitely the right move. What they've done. Yeah, the my issue with it isn't that they're trying; it's that they're not trying alternatives. That's why like I used the phrase don't put all your eggs in one basket cuz I kind of feel like they are sort of like okay if we can just hold out until then we're good. They I mean, like there are like big solutions to you know this is going to solve everything, you know. We're going to do the um the pay-per-views are no longer brand specific. That'll solve it. You know like that kind of thing. Well there there is obviously precedent for this. I mean, I don't think they hitched their wagons Kurt Angle personally. I think that's because by the time the Kurt Angle had joined, did join WWE, it was already three or four years removed from his um, Olympic gold medal win anyway. So even that, at that point, he'd gone cold. So he he came in as just a guy, pretty much a guy that had won a gold medal, but like they didn't they didn't really harp on that too much until he did actually make it onto the main roster. But he just came on. Oh, Kurt Angle's here, great. Um, Brock, they did hitch their wagon too, and Brock would have succeeded if Brock didn't want to leave. So they made the right choice there. The other end of the spectrum is hitching your wagon to someone like Mark Henry, who didn't get, who didn't yep. click until For many years, years after he was signed. <laughs> yeah. And it's just because, like, again, Mark Henry was great, but I assume they signed him with the thought of, we've got this behemoth Olympic gold, gold uh, uh, well, he wasn't an Olympic gold medalist, but Olympic um, athlete. Powerlifter. Yeah, powerlifter. 
like world's strongest man eventually we can really do something with this guy and then it just it never clicks until 2012 essentially 2011 2012 and and also when it comes to like to be honest about ronda rousey they were like we got ronda rousey and it was a huge deal and it was a big thing and it was something that worked out really well in a lot of ways but ronda had a year and yeah, we got to try once and you got out. WrestleMania out of the way, it just becomes, all right, well, now what do we do? Thankfully, they lucked out with Becky Lynch because that was not the plan. That would have been, if they would have done the way that they wanted to do it, Charlotte would have beaten Ronda at WrestleMania and that would have been the end of it. And then it would have been, but you guys care more about Charlotte now, right? And then, then what? You know, they wouldn't have had this giant star in Becky Lynch. And I mean, they would have had her, but they would have just kept ignoring her, you know? Yeah. And at least Rhonda, Rhonda had a, had a great year and she did all the shows. And Rhonda's run is like an anomaly. I don't think you can compare anyone to that because she picked it up really quickly. We don't know if Gable's going to pick it up quickly yet. Or at all. I mean, and he should given everything we know, but like, we don't know yet. So the good thing about him being on raw at the very least is if he doesn't, they've got people because they do have, whether they're busy in something else or, you know, whatever biggie is the champion. You got AJ styles who you could always put the championship on and people aren't going to be upset about that. You've got Bobby Lashley who had had the best year of his entire career and he's still doing some pretty damn good stuff i mean he's about to lose to goldberg but he's about to lose to goldberg yeah like a couple years ago bobby lashley was struggling to have a shitty feud with Sami Zayn about his fake sisters (laughs) and right now bobby lashley is the almighty former wwe champion who held the title for what seven months or so and did all these kind of like great things and stuff you've got damien priest who's working his way up you know by the end of this year maybe he could be uh, contending for the championship let alone once we get towards like a post wrestlemania season damien priest has lost four times this entire year and one was on nxt and the other three were like bullshit matches like the royal rumble kind of thing you got uh, you got Edge. He's a part-timer, but he's Edge. You got Finn Balor, who you can always do stuff with. You've got Karrion Cross. you're building up. You've got Keith Bearcat Lee. Fucking hate it. You got Kevin Owens until January. <laughs> you got Matt Riddle, who was doing some great stuff and getting put up there. And Once Matt Riddle beats Randy Orton at WrestleMania, I'm assuming it'll be... Matt Riddle's going to be somebody who could definitely win the world championship next year. You've got Randy Orton still. You've got Rey Mysterio you can go to for at least one match. You got Seth Rollins. You got a guy like T-Bar. T-Bar is not in a good spot right now, but we all know Diamond Dijakovic is fucking great. Right. Now, here's the fun fact there. Mia Yim was called up. Well, not even called up. Just drafted to Raw as Mia Yim. Right. I'm hoping, and Shane Thorne has done darks to Shane Thorne, I'm hoping that T-Bar gets to be Dijak or Dijakovic or whatever you, give him some form of that and let him, just let him and Keith Lee have a match. 
and then people go nuts, and then you can go, okay, cool. Now we, I can decide if I want to do something with them, and then hopefully they do. You know what's so funny? It's that fucking easy. Like, just have. It's the simplest thing in the world. T Bar is a dumb name. You named the guy Thong. Like, it's awful. <laughs> but it's that easy as he comes out on Raw, he cuts a promo. Or do you don't even have to have him cut a promo? Have him do one of those backstage segments where it's like he doesn't have the face paint on anymore. And it's like, all right, you know, I split from Mace. It's off to a fresh start. Dominic Dijakovic is back. I'm going to go kick some ass. And you have him eventually just do a match against Keith Lee and just let them have 20 minutes. And make it a number one contenders match for a title. Oh, God, even better. Make it number one contenders for the United States Championship or and something. Then off to the races. And-, and let them just wrestle and let the crowd go, oh, fuck. This was a lot of fun because every single match that these guys have had has been amazing. Or at the very least, it's like, oh, it was a goddamn good match. You know, like, just let him do it. And immediately people are going to care about Dominic Dijakovic. It's that easy sometimes. It's not going to work the same when it comes to, like, the women's tag Veer. Like, Veer, you can't just go, okay, put him against Chad Gable and it's going to be amazing and it's going to be, okay, you know, different story. But, uh, you got Austin Theory on Raw. He's off to a great start already with this whole thing with Jeff Hardy, where he's just kind of like, you know, I'm a fanboy or whatever, lays him out, takes a selfie, like, all right, I'm rooting for him. Raw is pretty good right now. They got a lot of names. They could use the tag teams to kind of play out differently, but then again, you could also make the argument they got enough people that they can make some makeshift tag teams. You gotta hope, right? Like... It's all going to come down to hope. I don't know about SmackDown when it comes to some of that. Well, SmackDown's fine. They have Roman Reigns and Charlotte Flair. I think that that's what they literally think is we've got Roman and Charlotte and the rest of it. uh, We can go around Roman and Charlotte. Well, essentially what we're looking at right now is we're about to enter a six-month feud building to WrestleMania between Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns. Correct. Because that is legitimately all they have in really the main event scene because Nakamura is someone who could do a one-off thing if he loses the um, Intercontinental title. They might do a one-off thing with Jeff Hardy just because he's Jeff Hardy. Uh, if they... they're doing TLC in December, then they have to do yeah. Jeff Hardy. They've already gone through Cesaro, so they, they, they won't retread that again. They could I think do Kofi Kings... will get one shot. Yeah, Kofi could get a shot, yeah. And then maybe they'll do Ricochet just for the lulls of doing same Ricochet. Like, look, see, we're pushing a new guy. We're pushing a new guy. Like, we brought him over to can, down. Now he's coming can through. Can Roman and then... Reigns beat Ricochet quicker than And then you could, you could turn uh, Sheamus or Sami Zayn babyface and go after him maybe as well. But none of those, like, you just name all of those people. And the only one that even has the, the faintest whiff of beating Roman Reigns is Drew McIntyre. Right. And it's like... Yeah, just there is nobody. I think um, when I was listening to a raw recap, uh, Sean Ross Sapp uh, talking about this, I think he basically explained it uh, best. This is a bunch of people that Paul Heyman would love to have on a roster because there's a bunch of people that have got a lot to prove and have been held down for way too long. And he's just going to say, do this, do that. 
and we're going to make stars out of you guys. Unfortunately, Paul Heyman ain't got much control. Yeah, Paul Heyman, they... Paul Heyman has no power over anything beyond what Roman Reigns is doing, and he's actually making Roman Reigns a bigger star than he's ever been, but, like, unfortunately, none of that is filtering down to anybody else because Roman is essentially entering a few... Going in and out of a feud with Roman, unless you're one of his cousins, doesn't actually do any benefit to your career. Didn't help Cesaro. It didn't. Yeah, Cesaro's nowhere to be seen now, pretty much. It didn't do anything for... Well, it, it did something for Daniel Bryan. It got him out of the company. So that's, uh, <laughs> it really didn't do anything for Edge. But, like, Edge. think about this. Roman Reigns, you've either joined him, like Uso, gone back to a part-time, like Edge or Cena... Oh, you just fucking left, like Bray, Braun, and Brian. Well, yeah, or you're, or you're nowhere, like Cesaro and Kevin Owens. Well, Owens is, you know... Like... About ready to leave, yeah. And then, like, I mean, look, again, we've said this before. We're not crapping on people for the sake of crapping on people, and we want everybody to succeed and stuff like that. But, like, I can't crap on Roman for it. It's not his well, fault. No, what I was going to say was, you got a big guy like Ivar. In a different era, if he was not a part of the Viking Raiders and he just came in, and Hulk Hogan is in the spot that Roman Reigns is in, yeah, Ivar could have been built for, like, a couple months to be some monster that Hulk Hogan fought. We're not in that era anymore, as much as they want to be in that era. And there's some things you can learn from previous eras that I think that they really should go back to. Like, Rob and I have been saying, in particular, we want more characters, because it's such a better, easier thing to digest when it's like, okay, we know that, like, um... Uh, who's like a, a pretty new character that they had debuted? Um, like on like somebody's name, Ron Breaker. Uh, he's not really a character, he's just a guy. Okay, uh, Tony D'Angelo. Hey, Tony D'Angelo, great, great example. Like, Tony D'Angelo ultimately is kind of just a guy, but he is full blown mafia stereotype, etc., kind of thing. So despite the fact that if you saw the name Tony D'Angelo, you wouldn't really think like, okay, that must be something like Earthquake. You know? It's still, okay, he's got some character. I know who he is more than I know who Danny Birch is. Because Danny Birch is just Guy. And when you have just Guy or just Girl against Girl, there's nothing to really sink your teeth into. Roman Reigns, right now, he is a character. And if you're going to do characters like an Ivar, you're not going to get Ivar at WrestleMania against Roman Reigns. You're not going to get Angel Garza against Roman Reigns. You're not going to get Happy Corbin against Roman Reigns. There are only a few people that are on this roster right now that can even have any match against Roman that'll mean anything. Sheamus, if he turns, yeah, you can get one pay-per-view out of that. I don't think anybody's really going to care. Despite the fact that Sheamus is a multi-time former world champion who's done practically everything except for win the Intercontinental Championship, which now that he's on the brand, give him that title. Check it off the list. Just saying. I want him to be the next uh, champion, potentially, to beat um, Nakamura. And then he could put over somebody else. Like Maybe he puts over Swerve Scott or something. I don't know. But um, What about, like, uh, just just spitballing ideas as I'm sure we're nearing towards the end. Just doing something like Seamus Cesaro IC title wrestling. Yeah. Oh Is yeah. True there? Like fucking, fucking absolutely. Cesaro hasn't been IC champion yet. Has he? Nope. The United States. No, do it. 
Yeah. That is a match that is very easy to just go, okay, like, let's build to that. That's where they should be doing when they're heading into the draft is looking at scenarios like that. Go, okay, well, you know what? We can have Seamus beat Shinsuke Nakamura, and then over the course of the next couple of months, he can fight uh, Drew Gulak, and he can fight uh, Shanky, whatever the hell, I don't know, Mansoor, etc. And then eventually get around to that Cesaro match, because people will give a shit about that in the mid-card. Cool. All right, we checked that off. Now, who do we have for Roman? Like, that kind of thing. We, they should have that in mind. And we might get some more people, you know? We might get, like, around the Royal Rumble... Maybe somebody like Samoa Joe comes back to Raw or SmackDown, or maybe they bump up Odyssey Jones already and they start pushing him. Maybe Johnny Gargano re-signs with the company and maybe they bump him up as part of a deal. I don't know. But the way that it is right now, I'm not feeling too hot about Roman Reigns' 12-month potential to lead to the next draft. He does not have 12 opponents. Even if you did that, I think right now, short term, we're thinking at least WrestleMania. And right now, it looks like he'll fight the WWE champion at Survivor Series. He'll fight um, Jeff. Jeff Hardy at TLC. There's the day one pay per view on the first. You can always do. They'll do a, a rematch. He's going to fight Brock. No, they'll, do, they'll do a rematch for sure. They love their right. fucking rematches. And then you go, all right, Royal Rumble, Drew McIntyre, get in there. Fastlane, Drew McIntyre, get in there. And uh, WrestleMania, maybe we have The Rock. <laughs> I don't know, hopefully. Like, and that's the way they're booking Roman right now. After that, it gets really dicey. After that, then we're up Shit's Creek without a paddle. But hopefully after that, we've got some life in us. And I guarantee you that's exactly the way it was pitched. Maybe not the same matches, but that mentality. Oh, it's 100% the, what can we do to get through right right now? We'll figure it out later. And if we don't figure it out later, well, then we'll just tell everybody to give us a break. There are some good things to look forward to. I am looking forward to some matches here, like... I said before, like I like the idea of Austin Theory is on the main roster right now. I think that he can be somebody who can you can watch out for him in the future. And I'm excited to see like Finn Balor against AJ Styles. That'd be cool to watch that again. But we know that they have great chemistry together with that match that they've had before. I would love to see like uh not like something that I I'd dig super deep into for a feud, but like the new day and the Usos always do well together. So, you know, you can come back around to that. I don't know if I'd want another like six months of them just facing each other, but you got it there. King Ricochet, if he wins King of the Ring, cause he's a possibility King Ricochet against somebody like Swerve Scott. Cool. Down to see it. You know, there is some variety there. But overall, I'm just kind of not having a whole lot of faith that this is going to work out a few months from now. Outside of the fact that Raw's got a lot of people, like Keith Lee, Karrion Cross, etc. Yeah, I, I can't say that um, there's really anything that's they, that the draft has brought forward or provided 
in terms of like interesting picks or anything like that that's gotten me particularly excited about watching any particular matches going forward. Um, yeah, I'm sure there'll be plenty of good matches between a lot of the people that they have in there, but nothing that's really I'm going to sink my teeth into. But I'll watch it if it's there, and if it's good, then I'll just say, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. But yeah, there's nothing that these drafts have done. Go like, oh, I desperately need to see this match, or I'm really looking forward to this match. I'll just, yeah, if it's on, I'll watch it. And if it's good, then I'll enjoy it. But that's basically my attitude towards coding right now. It's like, if it's a good match, then I'll watch it and check it out and see what it is. But other than that, I'll just let it pass me by. <laughs> I wanted to mention this and I totally forgot about it. So if I don't say it now, I'm going to forget again. Uh, it, I think it was the last pick is when this happened, when they're like, and the final pick is, and somebody in the crowd's like, LA Knight! <laughs> and then it's like, Sammy Zayn. <laughs> I thought that was funny. That was the yeah. only time I heard anything I didn't know from the crowd. I didn't know in the crowd. <laughs> yeah, <I> agree, <laughs> that's it. Then you just hear, let me talk to you. LA Knight. But so he's just like, LA Knight. Sammy Zane. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got um, anybody that you think is going to end up being like, um, in the immediate future that they're going to just, you know, a month from now, they're going to go, fuck, we forgot that we need to bring this person. Like an LA night. Like from NXT specifically? NXT or NXT UK or maybe the like um performance center yeah, whatever it might be. Um LA Like Knight. are we gonna get some kind of position where it's like post uh Survivor series that are gonna go, you know, we really want to bring that Duke Hudson up. I thought Odyssey Jones was getting called up. He's been doing darks. I thought Odyssey Jones was Definitely getting the call up. They 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 have to call up Dakota Kai eventually. Dakota Kai is the one that I'm thinking more than and anybody I'm, else. And I'm thinking if they decide to just run through this uh, toxic attraction thing with Raquel Gonzalez, they'll just call all three of them up at one point. Yeah. Toxic? Yeah. yeah just, just a bit. Cause you got Manny, Manny Rose has already been established Manny. on the main roster, and you've got a tag team with that as well. So. You know, maybe you can flip the roles. So now you give. Uh, Sonya six months and she's a baby face or something. And then you call him in. I, I was I was going to bring that up as well. And again, it, it, this might be like just off piece. I know we're trying to that brings up as well, but there's no indication that Sonya's going to ever return to the ring. Right. She's so, like not on TV. There isn't. But she's outside of the Naomi thing. Wanting to get back into the ring. I mean, yeah, but I, I mean, the way that they're building the Naomi thing, fighting. you need to have Naomi versus Sonya, unless they just go, "Well, we didn't plan on that. Why are you looking into it like that?" But that's we, where they're well, heading. It's not like they've never had they've never had um, people feud with authority figures before. Yeah, and it's not it doesn't necessarily lead to a match without authority figure. The authority figure can just say, "Hey, this person is representing me instead. I'm just going to have Shayna Baszler beat the shit out of Naomi." Type thing. Yeah, that's true. So, I think it's likely that she'll be uh, back in the ring at some point, but. We can't always just go with that possibility. There must be a reason why she's been kept away for what, close to a year at this point now. Yeah, it is kind of, I mean, it's not our business about her personal life type of thing, so we, of course, can't... Not that we have the connection no, I, to I, do I, it I anyway. I don't want like, to speculate either way. Yeah. But, like, but it is kind of curious why she hasn't started wrestling again. Yeah. You know? But, but I feel like the most of the people, if they do decide, okay, we need more people coming from NXT, it might, it might, majority has to be on the women's side because the women's side is 
less um, less pronounced on, especially on the on the SmackDown side. They haven't drafted Harry Smith yet. That was weird. Oh, that's right. Yeah, D.H. Smith, uh, David Hart Smith, David Boy Smith Jr., Harry Smith, whatever the fuck you want to call him. He's got nine he's names. With the company, and yeah, they haven't drafted him yet. I think that that's weird. I think that he should go to SmackDown. Yeah, I would agree with that. Curious case of D.H. Smith. <laughs> um, NXT tonight happening in a few hours. We're finishing this up around five o'clock. Uh, so we got, you know, a couple hours before that starts. They unintentionally, I guess had put out this idea that potentially there could be some draft things or whatever. I don't think that that's going to be the case. Uh, I think that what we were talking about ahead of time, it seems like Jimmy Smith was just sort of Jimmy Smith, right? I'm not. Yeah. Okay. I was like, wait a minute. Jimmy Smith, this guy from the, oh, that's Jimmy Smith's <laughs> from uh, star Wars and whatnot. Um, you know, he kind of indicated that there might be something like that because he had said the quote that you had read originally, but it was something like we're having a great time here with the draft and it's going to continue on NXT 2.0 tomorrow night, which kind of implies and the draft is going to continue, but it could have just been we're going to have a lot of fun tomorrow on NXT. Um, yeah, that's the way I take it. I don't think the draft is continuing. Uh, they were very clear that it was like the final draft unless it's like, hey, guess what? People are going to show up on NXT from the main roster. I would be very shocked if it happens, but I think it'd be kind of cool if, like, who's somebody that could be expendable on the main roster that could go down to NXT at this point? Like, uh, Lucha House Party. Incinerado. Like, yeah, because yeah, Grand Metal Leak, at the very least, has requested his release, and we don't know about Lindsay. So if Lindsay were to just be like, hey, I'm on NXT right now, I'd be like, yeah, that's well, pretty cool. Well, yeah. according to his Twitter, he's been drafted to Velocity. <laughs> he said he that. Fits. Yeah, yeah, he said that, yeah. He fits. We haven't like seen that. Elias come back. I think he's just dead. He might, because it happens you know, when you die. Yeah. Uh, Elias is dead. Long live Elias. See you later, everybody. I mean, uh, even Marie could probably uh, work in this new NXT format. Yeah. Curious why they didn't do even Marie like that. Uh, I mean, Shane Ford, Shane Ford would fit because, like, if you've got characters like Tony, Tony yeah, D'Angelo like... and stuff like that, then Slapjack as an Aussie stereotype would work. All right, it's Shane Thorne. <laughs> it's not Slapjack anymore. You're playing knife spoon. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a knife. This is a headlock. <laughs> that's not a knife. This is a jack knife. Yeah. <laughs> and he could be paired with his own diesel. Yeah. It's a kangaroo jack knife. <laughs> that's, that's pretty bad. That's a joke that I would have not been proud of me making. <laughs> um so we might see anything on NXT tonight. We might at the very least get some kind of an indication of what they're gonna do with Swerve Scott because he is currently the North American champion and on SmackDown. So maybe we get an impromptu North American title match and I have to scramble later on and just be like, all right, Chet, who's beating him for the championship. But I do want to try to figure that out. Who do you think is going to take that title from him? He's got to lose it in the next couple weeks, either if he just vacates it or he drops it to somebody. Santos Escobar. You think it's just going to be Santos? Well, they haven't even. He hasn't defended the title once since he won it. Who did he beat? Who really? did he beat again? Yeah, he he beat um, Bronson Reed. Who, who's that? Who's that? <laughs> uh, he, he hasn't has defended not had it a, once. It, 
No, he hasn't nope. had a single title defense since he wow. won it in June. I I so when Denise Salcedo tweeted this, I pitched the idea of fuck it, that's an idea from the old NXT. Just the belt doesn't exist. We retired it with Swerve Scott just because they're doing random shit like this anyway. Maybe that's just what they're gonna do with everything. I think it'll just go to Escobar, but you never know. I mean, I I'm a big fan of Escobar. I'm totally cool with him winning that. Something that would be kind of fun. It's not what I like them to do all that often, but I'd be tempted if I like if they gave me creative control. I'd be tempted to to do something like this tonight on NXT. Uh, Hit Row cuts promo, whatever. You get Escobar's like I want my championship match now. Has the match and swear for teens. And then it becomes like, well, what the fuck are they going to do now? And then there's like a number one contenders match or something. And we get another person that ends up beating him for it. And it ends up being like, uh, who could be like a heel. That's a good, in a good spot like that. And Roderick Strong's already cruiserweight champion. Uh, maybe Pete Dunne, maybe, um, maybe LA Knight. Like, say. no, not that. <laughs> well, it is a safe space. Yeah, he's got to win the championship without when, throwing a punch, right? You've got you've got Carmella Hayes has got a a thing which gives him a that's title right. shot. Right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, I assume that they're going to do that for the tag titles, but you could do that for the North American. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that you need to use that thing to cash in for the tag team title opportunity. You probably just need to go up to someone and say, "I would like a tag team title opportunity." It's just like okay, but then again, I feel that's the, the case with pretty much every title in NXT right now. Yeah. So yeah, I would like something like that to happen just to be a little bit of a swerve, so to speak. Uh, I don't think we're going to get anything special in NXT tonight, though. I think that the draft is over, and I think that in the next couple of weeks, they're going to realize some of their flaws, and then by around Royal Rumble time, we're going to get some other people called up. I think that Io Shirai is going to eventually be coming up before WrestleMania, and uh, a couple other people, too. Well, it's weird, because the one thing that we've discussed during this the whole podcast is they're kind of okay on the women's side. Not on SmackDown. Yeah, no one's about them. Yeah, but they've got enough on Raw, and I think having just called up all those names to SmackDown, maybe they just feel content with that. I have Bailey will eventually come back, and you know things will balance out. I think that we don't see any more call-ups for the next year, and unless it's like after Mania, we need one for the Raw After Mania, because this will be the first Raw After Mania in three years with people. Yeah, so it'll be three years with people, so that'll probably be the one that they do the next call-ups for. So now that we ran down the draft, we don't know, of course, what's happening exactly, you know, how this is all going to play out, but we got some ideas. Tag teams better off on SmackDown, like Viking Raiders versus Usos. That'll be fun. Women's division on SmackDown. A little bit of a bumpy road ahead. Raw's got some good people. SmackDown's got nowhere near enough people for Roman Reigns. Uh, I guess we're just going to see, but when it comes to Survivor Series and the brand versus brand stuff, I'm going to eventually be doing some kind of prediction on who I think that the, you know, who's going to represent the brands type of thing will be. We're talking about how Raw and SmackDown play out in the next couple of months or so. And by the end of the year, when we can start getting into like our review and 
our awards and stuff, we'll have a better idea of like, all right, this uh, is probably where we're heading towards WrestleMania, et cetera, et cetera. Um, keep the discussion coming in the comments below. Tell us which brand you think won. I lean more towards Monday Night Raw overall won this. What about you guys? Yeah, Raw won. Pretty, I think pretty comprehensively. Raw won, but I still say the Fox executives look like the smart ones for their early picks of Charlotte Flair and Roman Reigns. They look like they had a couple smart picks, and then they just kind of fell asleep. <laughs> they're like, we're going to get Charlotte. And then they're like, who else? And they're like, I'm just going to run to the bathroom real quick. <laughs> kind of deal. But um, any other thoughts you guys have you want to toss out there? Any topics or anything? No, I think that's that's You covered it. most I, of everything. Yeah. I, I do feel like this draft was perhaps the most dull of the recent drafts. Like, yeah. In recent years, you at least get excited for one or two moves. This one just sort of felt like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. There wasn't any kind of big things except for the Charlotte one. And as soon as that happened, it, it was like, all right, well, then Becky's going over. Shut up. You know. Charlie yeah. Dempsey goes to SmackDown. That'll wake everybody up. That's quite the regal selection. Actually, if you wanted to wake everybody up, you might give them uh, the Coffee Brothers. I hear that that helps. All right. Wrap it up. <laughs> So, uh, you know, that's uh, at least for that kind of draft things, but you're going to have some more draft stuff coming your way, but it's in a different capacity because what we are recording right now in advance are our own drafts for all-time WWE roster material. We have currently at this point recorded our mock draft where the three of us are going through and we are picking whoever we want from the history of WWE we have 100 people apiece, and that was a hell of a lot of fun. It's up there for something that you can click on the watch later. It's going to premiere on November 3rd, and we've already recorded my card that I can make out of my roster and Callum's card that he can make out of his roster. Probably tomorrow, we're going to record uh, Rob's, so Spotlight will be a Rob then, and you know we're going to release these over the course of the first couple of weeks of November. So if you do like draft talk, we got more than enough draft stuff coming your way. And then eventually we're going to have the ultimate roster draft where we are going to pick from everybody. So you're going to have discussions of like, all right, well, is this person good enough to fit in the top 150 that we want to bring into the roster kind of deal? And that's going to be a lot of fun too. So if, uh, you know, the SmackDown stuff and the raw stuff, whatever, isn't good enough, you got uh, more draft stuff. And we also have Crown Jewel coming up, and we've got the 10-year anniversary of SmackDown, which is crazy. 10 years. So, yeah, old man. Yeah, uh, I already am. The amount of gray hair that I have, it's ridiculous. Uh, that is going to be combined with like the mailbag. We haven't quite figured out a true game plan yet, mostly because I've been busy doing like wedding stuff. But... That's coming around How Halloween. You, life, you jackass. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, stay tuned for everything that's happening like that. Make sure you are subscribed to the channel. Ring that little notification bell. Check out the website. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SmartOutMoment. Follow our individual accounts to see what else we're going on. I'm at Tony Mango. Of course, I have everything over on FanboysAnonymous.com as well. New Bond movie coming out tomorrow night. Insane. We're finally going to see that. So exciting. A a review to or not tomorrow night uh cuz today's Tuesday so two nights from now totally thought that today was Wednesday um
but the uh, Review to a Kill series over on Fanboys Anonymous, where we break down the James Bond stuff, is over there. Check that out. Check out the Venom talk and whatever. Um, but I'm a Tony Mango. See what else I'm up to. Eventually, I'll be tweeting a bunch of stuff, too. So check out what these guys have going on as well. Callum? Yeah. Uh, Rob? Go ahead, Callum. Go for it. Yeah. Oh, uh, Barry. Oh, which one? <laughs> go, go ahead, Barry. Go ahead. Uh, I'll, I'll just kick it off because your stuff is probably more important anyway. So I can just say that um, you can follow me on Twitter at Wigmeister14. Check out the um, stuff on Smallcat Moment, including the Power Rankings, my week-to-week contribution. If you're so interested in retro wrestling content, then there's both 2001 and Wrestling Odyssey and the Paul Heyman Smackdown podcast over in the Smallcat Moment archives. And yep, that's it from me. Yeah, and you can follow me on Twitter at DudeFelice. Follow me everywhere else on social media at DudeFelice. Check out what I'm doing over at Fightful.com. Check out what Sean Ross Sapp is doing over at Fightful Select. Lots of moves about the brand split and all that. I'm sure coming to Fightful Select in the coming weeks. So just check all that out and we thank you. All right, everybody. That's going to do us in for this edition. So we thank you, as always, for all of your support, including just listening to this episode and hanging out with us for a little bit. We will see you in the next one. But for now, this has been another Smart Out Moment. And we're being counted out.